been looking at Luke chapter number 22. And in looking at Luke chapter number 22, we've been following the steps to Calvary. We've been following the steps to Calvary. If you remember a couple of Sundays back, uh, we looked at... um, We looked at uh, the men or the people that Jesus encountered on his way to Calvary. Last week, we looked at the Last Supper. This past Sunday, we looked at the Last Supper. We've been looking at many events uh, that take place on the way to Calvary. Lord willing, uh, this coming Sunday uh, during the 8 o'clock service, we'll be preaching on the trial that Jesus faced, the trial that he faced. Uh, And so that's what we'll be looking at during the 8 o'clock service. Again, from Luke chapter number 22. And there's just so much in this chapter. It's a lengthy chapter, but boy, I'm telling you what, I've enjoyed reading through it uh, several times as we've read through this chapter and looked at all the events that occur in this chapter. As we look at this passage, there's many events that we see. Uh, We've mentioned a couple of them. Of course, we read at the Last Supper, uh, which we looked at this Sunday. And uh, if you'd missed that message, boy, I'm telling you what, it, it just... It just got me as I studied that message and put it together how that in the Last Supper, at the Last Supper, Jesus brought an end to the Passover and established the communion. He brought an end to the symbolic looking forward and he established a memorial of his final work. And boy, I'm telling you what, it just charged me up. I told Melissa, I said, well, we're just going to have to preach that and again. That was just a good message. I had to preach it quick last Sunday. I have to come back and preach that again. But that's here in Luke 22. We see that last to supper. Uh, Then we read in Luke 22 of Jesus going to the Mount of Olives where he labored in prayer there in the Garden of Gethsemane. We read of his betrayal in the Garden by Judas Uh, and then of course his arrest there in the Garden by the religious Jewish leaders. We read of his mock trial at the house of Caiaphas uh, where they made religious accusations against Christ. We read of Peter's betrayal there at the house of Caiaphas. We read of him being taken before Pilate to be condemned by the Romans. You see, the Jews were not allowed to put him to death because the Romans were in charge. They had to get the Romans' approval. So they brought him before the Romans to get permission to put him to death, brought him before Pilate, and they made civil accusations. We read of him going before Herod, then returning to Pilate, and then we read of Pilate giving in to the demands of the people and turning him over to be crucified. This passage of scriptures uh, there in Luke 22 down through about midway through Luke chapter number 23 is a full picture of the last moments leading up to Calvary. Now it doesn't give all of the details and everything that took place, but it gives us a very full picture of all that took place. And so this evening I want to take and we're just kind of going to go through the story. So open your Bibles up to Luke chapter number 22. Uh, I pondered on just reading this entire passage, but uh, it would be uh, quite lengthy and y'all would probably all be asleep by the time I got done reading. It'd be close to 100 verses. And so I figured, well, we won't, uh, we won't attempt that. Although we do read in the Old Testament that they would read for so many hours and then they would speak for so many hours. But uh, anyway, instead of reading through this entire passage, uh, we will just look at it as we go. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll get started. Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you, dear Lord, for the record of your word. 
I thank you, dear Father, Lord, that we can look into your word and we can see, Father, the things that took place leading up to your death. And Father, in seeing these things, we can see confirmation, uh, Lord, of who you are. We can see validation of what you were able to do. Uh, Lord, we can see the things that you accomplished on our behalf. And Father, through looking at your word, we can see that you are the Savior. You did provide. You did make a way of salvation, Father. I thank you for it. I thank you, dear Lord, uh, for the opportunity the church gave Melissa and I to go to the Holy Land. And Father, to be able to see some of these locations and these places. And uh, Lord, to be able to take pictures and bring them back. And now, Father, Lord, as we look at this passage of Scripture, Lord, that we've been looking at for a couple of weeks, as we look at it this evening, Lord, we relay the pictures. And Lord, we, we put the story into color. Father, I pray that it'll, uh, it'll connect our hearts uh, to your word. Uh, Father, I pray it'll bring uh, what happened and the, the trial and the mockery and the, uh, Lord, all that went on, Lord, it'll bring it to life in our minds. And Father, oh Lord, that it'll help make the old story new once again, Father, I pray. Thank you, dear Lord, for each person that's here. I thank you, dear Lord, for their faithfulness to come to your house on a midweek service. I thank you, dear Lord, uh, for their faithfulness, uh, uh, Lord, to want to learn of you. I thank you, dear Lord, for their faithfulness to listen to me, uh, Lord, as I endeavor to teach the Word of God. Father, I thank you for each of them. I thank you, dear Lord, for those working downstairs, Lord, each one, uh, labor in the work, Lord, ministering to the young people. Father, I thank you for each one of them. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll bless every message that goes forth tonight. Uh, Lord, be it the one that we're sharing, be it the one that they're sharing in the teens or in the children. Father, I pray that you'll bless each message. And Father, Lord, that you'll use your word to change and mold and shape the hearts of men. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Be with us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Here we have a picture of Jerusalem. Uh, this is from the Mount of Olives looking toward Jerusalem. Uh, either myself or Melissa took this picture. I'm not sure which one of us took it, but this is, we are standing on the Mount of Olives uh, looking toward Jerusalem. Of course, you can see the uh, Dome of the Rock right there in the center uh, setting very close to where the temple would have sat. And we may look at the temple some later on. Uh, but the Dome of the Rock here is an enormous building. Uh, but it is a tiny building in comparison to the temple. The, the Dome of the Rock could have fit in the front courtyard of the temple that uh, that used to stand here. It was an enormous temple that stood there. And so there's the Dome of the Rock right where the temple would have stood. We're on the Mount of Olives looking towards Jerusalem. Right over here is the Eastern Gate, uh, which we've all heard of the Eastern Gate. One day Jesus is going to enter that gate. He's going to set foot on the Mount of Olives and he's going to walk through the gate. And you know something that just amuses me to no end is that a lot of people say, well, well how's he going to come through the gate? It's closed. I don't believe that's going to be a problem for him. I believe going through the eastern gate's not going to be any problem whatsoever. So here we have a look at Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, kind of just giving us an overview. Of course, we know as we went through this study that Jesus spent the biggest part of his ministry in Galilee. The biggest part of his ministry was there in Galilee. He was based out of Capernaum, and most of his miracles that he did was there in Galilee. Of course, he would travel to Jerusalem for Passover and these things. 
things, but he would return to Galilee. But when he came to the end of his ministry, Jesus went to Jerusalem. And here in Jerusalem uh, is where he spent the last days. And so we want to point out some key locations here uh, that we do find in Luke chapter number 22. If you go to that next slide, Hot Rod, uh, we've got some key locations that I want you to look at. So here's the Mount of Olives. Uh, so here's where I was standing when I took a picture uh, of Jerusalem, which is here. So you can kind of get your bearings of what you're looking at there. Uh, so here's the Mount of Olives. Here's the Garden of Gethsemane. I'll point out something in just a little bit when we look at the text. Some of the Gospels say that Jesus went into the Mount of Olives. Some of the Gospels say that he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and people wonder, uh, well, how can that be? Well, it's pretty simple. The Garden of Gethsemane is on the side of the hill at the bottom of the Mount of Olives. And so it is the same location. But anyway, here we have Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane. Of course, this is where Jesus was arrested there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Over here uh, is the, where the Last Supper took place, here in the upper room. Here is the high priest Caiaphas's house right here. Uh, of course, we know, and we'll look at this more, we know that he went also before Pilate. Uh, and now Pilate could have been one of three places. Now this map shows uh, Pilate being here at Herod's fortress, which is one of the possibilities that Pilate could have been staying there. Pilate could have also been here at Herod's palace, but most everything that I've read points to Pilate being up here at Antonia Fortress, that this is where Pilate would have been. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything about the gospel. It doesn't change anything about the truth of what Christ did. It's just interesting to know these things. Uh, so we know that he went to Pilate. He would have went to one of these three locations, okay? So uh, we also know uh, that he went to see Herod. So he went first to Pilate. Then after he went to Pilate, Pilate sent him to Herod. Now, it's interesting to know that Herod had less authority than Pilate in this exact scenario. Herod was a lower, lower on the totem pole, uh, and so Pilate did not want to be the one to pass a false sentence, uh, so he sent him to Herod. Now, it's interesting when you read the text, and we don't have time to get into all of the text, so I'll just share it with you. You can read it later. Uh, you read the text, you find out that Herod and Pilate didn't get along. They, they didn't appreciate each other. And so Pilate sent Jesus to Herod. He said, go to Herod and we'll let Herod do the sentencing. And so Jesus is taken to Herod. Herod doesn't sentence Jesus. We'll look at the story a little bit in a, in a few moments. Herod doesn't sentence Jesus, so he sends him back to Pilate. But the Bible says that that day Herod and Pilate were made friends. Apparently, Herod thought that Pilate was honoring him by sending him Jesus when really Pilate was trying to brush his responsibility off on the lower guy. Isn't that interesting how people work? But anyway, uh, Jesus was sent then uh, to Herod. And because we know that he was with Pilate, then went to Herod and then came back to Pilate, we know that Pilate and Herod were not in the same location, uh, which leads us to believe that Pilate would have been up here at the Antonia Fortress. Um, no, no way of knowing for sure because Herod would have been at one of these two places. 
Anyway, there are some notable places. Also, we will not be looking at uh, Golgotha and the uh, tomb this week. I plan to look at that next Wednesday. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be looking at that. But there are, on this map, since we have it up, I'll show you, there are two locations. So here is the traditional Golgotha and tomb of Joseph. Uh, this is where the um, Church of the Holy Sepulchre is located, is right here on this location. Up here is what is known as Gordon's Calvary and the Garden Tomb. Uh, some call it the Christian, uh, the Christian Golgotha. It's got several different names, and it is at this location. Uh, there are scholars who lean strongly to both locations, uh, saying that it could have been here, it could have been here. Uh, there's no way to know for sure. Uh, however, although when I visited there, and we'll talk about this next week more, I really wanted this to be the spot, but uh, all, the archa all the evidence seems like it's this spot. But anyway, we'll talk about that more uh, next week and why that is so, but there's the two locations there, and so Jesus would have went uh, after leaving Pilate, he would have went from one of these three locations to one of these two locations. Okay, so, uh, and, and next week we'll be looking at what is known as the Via Della Rosa. That is the road that Jesus traveled from where he was sentenced to Calvary. Uh, and there is a road in Jerusalem that is called the Via Della Rosa. Uh, people go there, they take crosses, they walk the Via Della Rosa. Uh, but because of these variations, we're not sure where the trial took place and we don't know 100% for sure which one was the true Golgotha. We can't know exactly for sure where the true Via Della Rosa is. You say, Pastor John, you're casting all kind of doubt on the story of the Savior. No, I'm not casting any doubt on the story whatsoever. I'm just saying that a lot of times you'll hear people be very dogmatic about places and instances and especially Catholicism they make a physical vocation holier than the Savior himself. There are Catholics and other religions that will travel to Jerusalem so they can kiss the ground where Jesus walked or so they can, so they can put their hands on the hill where he died. And believe me, it was surreal to be there. And all this is wonderful for understanding the word of God. But none of this is necessary because once Jesus died, it is finished. All the rest doesn't matter. All that matters is him. And I'll spoil my sermon next week just a little bit more uh, by saying the, the one reason that they cannot figure out for sure which tomb was Jesus' tomb is because he's not there. So there's uh, plenty, of, plenty of other famous tombs, and we know that that's exactly who's buried there because their remains are there. But we can't nail down Jesus' tomb because he's not there. He moved on. So several different key locations. So we're just going to kind of go through, and I, I have to be honest with you, uh, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to flow because I'm going to be showing you some pictures I took, and we're going to be reading the text, and we're just going to kind of talk our way through some of these locations that uh, I was able to visit and hopefully will help you you to be able to visualize as you read the story. The first thing we see if we look in Luke 22 verse number 7 down through verse number 13 is the account of the Last Supper. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. 
And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us this Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the goodman of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished, there make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. So we see here that he sent them to find an upper room. And we were able to visit the upper room, which is right here. The next slide here shows you some pictures of the upper room. So this is looking at the building from the outside. Uh, we were standing down at ground level, and then here's a picture this, this sign is not right there. I inserted that sign right there. Uh, but this is on the side of that building. Uh, it says Room of the Last Supper. Uh, and it says here, A hall built in the Middle Ages at the place where, according to Christian tradition, Jesus partook of the Passover Eve meal. So this building is built, as we've seen in other buildings that we've looked at, this building is built on top of the foundation of where the place Jesus would have met is. And this building was built in honor of that. And so this room here is inside of this room that you're looking at there. So this is the, uh, the traditional uh, upper room. And so this is not the room Jesus would have met in, but it is in the same location. It is built in honor of the fact that this is where they would have had the Last Supper here in this upper room. We do know that according to the text here that they they um, took of the Passover, and uh, we read that in um, verse number 14. We looked at this last Sunday. And when the hour was come, he sat down with the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood which is shed for you. Then we see in verse number 21 uh, that he speaks of Judas uh, betraying him. Uh, we see that there is some discussion among the apostles and Jesus uh, does some teaching. If we drop down to verse number 39, we see that once they were finished with the Last Supper, the discussion is over. The Bible says in verse number 39, And he came out and went as he was wont. So this means, that means it was common for him to do this. Uh, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. So the next slide we have here is a picture of the Mount of Olives. So the picture that I showed you at the beginning, our title slide, uh, was from up at this location right here. So I was standing right up here, somewhere right next to this temple up here, when I took that picture of Jerusalem that I showed you. And I said, here's a picture of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. I was actually standing right up here beside this uh, 
Cathedral. And so now this is reversed from Jerusalem looking back at the Mount of Olives. And so this is uh, the Mount of Olives here. Of course, in Jesus' day, it wouldn't have been as populated as it is. And we also know uh, of Bethany. Uh, Bethany is where Lazarus lived. Mary and Martha lived in Bethany. And many times when Jesus was in Jerusalem, he would stay with them in Bethany. Bethany was just, o- just over the hill here on the Mount of Olives. We do not know exactly where Bethany was. We just know it was right in here. Uh, but we have the Mount. Uh, and so uh, this is the Mount of Olives. A little nugget for you. Where this cathedral is built, if you remember in the Gospels, Jesus was coming to Jerusalem and he wept over Jerusalem as sheep having no shepherd. Do you remember that passage of Scripture? That is supposedly happened here at the location of this cathedral. That's where he stopped. And as you can see from the picture I took, you have a tremendous view of the city of Jerusalem from that location. But anyway, this is the Mount of Olives. And down here, uh, this church here, this cathedral here, and this area here uh, would be the Garden of Gethsemane at the foot of the Mount of Olives. As I've said, some people wonder how is it possible that he went to the Mount of Olives while other Gospels say that he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. It's because they were basically the same place. Something else I've told you about Israel that I guess is good, but it makes me sad at the same time, is anywhere there's anything of significance, the Catholics build a church over top of it. And just everywhere you go, the Catholics build churches over top of everything. Uh, but anyway, so there is the Mount of Olives, and we read there in verse 39 and 40, that he goes, it says, uh, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. So we know that he goes to the Mount of Olives, he goes to pray, and he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. If you look back in Matthew chapter number 26, just to clarify this uh, for you, Matthew chapter number 26. And we could definitely do a much more thorough study if we included the account from all the Gospels. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to keep this interesting. And if I drag on too long, y'all will lose interest with me. So uh, Matthew chapter number 26 and verse number 36, it says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. If you look back over in Luke, he got to the Mount of Olives. He said, wait you here while I go and pray yonder. So we see it's the same place, Mount of Olives and Gethsemane. But the next thing we have here is uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. So this next slide is inside of that church. So here's what the inside of that cathedral looks like. And up at the front of the church, just underneath this area right here, you can see everyone going that direction, is this stone. And of course you can see there's a fence built around this stone. It's at the front of the church. Tradition says that this is the stone where Jesus knelt and prayed. I don't know that there's any way possible that they can prove that that is the stone where Jesus knelt and prayed. It would have took some meticulous uh, note-taking and passing uh, down to have kept that mark, but could be the place. Definitely wanted to get a picture of it. But just as I've seen many times, you see the lady here, she's bent down kissing the stone. I, was, I, I, I couldn't get up there close enough. I kind of had to 
hope nobody seen me and climb up on top of some stuff to get the picture uh, over top of the people so I could get that picture because I couldn't get up there of people waiting in line so they could go kiss the stone where Jesus prayed. Now, I understand that it's a tremendous, tremendous thing. And to think that my Savior was on that stone is tremendous. But again, it's sad when people's religion is based on this rather than on the Savior. But there we see, there is the stone that they say is where he nailed. I've got a couple other pictures of the garden here. If you go to the next picture there, uh, here is a picture of the garden outside of the church, a path going through the garden with these olive trees. I'll tell you a little bit more about these olive trees in a minute. But if you look at the, if you look at the passage here, verse number 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And we see uh, that Jesus prayed there in the garden. His next picture shows a couple more pictures of the garden. We have here the, the uh, olive tree. Here's olive tree. Uh, those trees are thousands of years old. It is very, very likely that those trees were in the garden when Jesus prayed in the garden. Those trees are thousands of years old, and so that was... Phenomenal to see those trees still standing there. Uh, there's a lot of pictures of myself and Melissa with the trees, but I didn't want to make y'all look at us, so found some without us in them, but those are phenomenal trees. Uh, but in the garden, in the garden, go, go back one slide there, brother, back one slide. There we go. There in the garden, we read in verse number 47, we read of the betrayal. We read of the betrayal. Jesus is in the garden. Jesus is praying. He comes and finds the disciples and says, Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And verse number 47, And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude. And he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they, when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them, which we know was Peter, smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then said Jesus unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out against a, as against a thief with swords and staves. When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness." Jesus never missed an opportunity to bring the truth to light. Here are these religious leaders. Remember, the people that arrested Jesus in the garden were religious leaders. And Jesus said to them, you could have arrested me in the daytime, but you didn't. You came to get me at, in the garden at night when nobody could see you because you know what you're doing is wrong. Religious leaders hiding under 
darkness because they know what they're doing is wrong. So we see here in the garden that Jesus arrested them. You can go ahead uh, to, to the trees and then the next slide there, Brother Hot Rod. Here we have, after we uh, met there in the Garden of Gethsemane, we looked at it for a little while. We had a, we had a, uh, a mini sermon, about a 20-minute sermon. One of the pastors preached. And then after that, we spent some time just praying uh, in the garden. Not, not, uh, not kissing the ground, not, not uh, making sure we held the rocks or touched the trees, but we just spent some time praying in the garden, uh, asking the Lord to work in our hearts, work in our hearts, that we not miss the value of what he had done for us. We do know according to the passage, though, if you look in verse number 54, then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. So we know that they arrested Jesus in the garden, and when they arrested Jesus, they took him to Caiaphas' house. Now, if you remember the map we looked at at the beginning, Caiaphas' house was right next to the upper room. And so they bring Jesus back into Jerusalem from where he came to Caiaphas' house. This next slide is a picture uh, of Caiaphas' house as it, as it stands today. Uh, these steps right here, these sewn steps, uh, our first century steps going up to uh, the house. The house has been rebuilt uh, on above ground, but these are the steps that's going up. So when they arrested Jesus and they brought Jesus back to the place and they brought him to Caiaphas' house, very, very, very likely that they walked Jesus up these very steps as they brought him up to Caiaphas' house uh, for the mock trial. The next slide has a little closer up picture of the steps uh, and then a... a picture that is there on the wall uh, shows an artist rendition of, of the Jewish leaders bringing Jesus to Caiaphas' house uh, so that they can try him uh, for things he never did. Whenever you go into Caiaphas' house, uh, very interestingly, there is a dungeon underneath of Caiaphas' house. And I showed you all some pictures of this. The next slide has a couple of these pictures uh, so they've excavated and found this dungeon, this prison underneath Caiaphas' house where Jesus would have been held while they were getting ready for the trial. And so we were able to go down into uh, this dungeon. And of course you can see here the windows cut out. You see the steps here. The steps would have not been there. These were put in so that people could come down and uh, take a look at all that was going on. If you see the people right here, if you look straight up, you see this hole right here in the ceiling. And this is how prisoners would have been let into the prison cell and brought out of the prison cell as they'd have let them down through this hole uh, in the ceiling. Very likely, very likely that Jesus was let down into that pit. And we're all gathered in here. The next slide shows this room that we're in. And so there is that room that all those people are standing in. I know it's kind of hard. Pictures don't do justice, but kind of helping you visualize. So straight above that podium would have been the hole where he would have been let down. And there's where he would have sat while he was awaiting trial. Of course, the podium has been added. Turn over with me to Psalm 88. Psalm 88. Many of the Psalms are prophetic in nature and Many of them speak of the Savior and his sufferings. Whenever you look at this picture of the dungeon and knowing that this is very likely where Christ would have been held while they were preparing for the trial, we come to Psalm 88 and we read this psalm with a thought of our Savior there in the pit. 
O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave whom thou rememberest no more. They are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Selah. Thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Wilt thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee? Selah. Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend hath thou put far from me and my acquaintance into darkness. Understanding that Jesus had just been in the garden praying until his sweat became great drops of blood. Then he was arrested and brought and dropped in the bottom of this. There would have been no lights. It would have been complete darkness in the pit. And here we see prophetic psalm speaking of the prayer of Christ as he's there in the pit waiting to be tried to go to Calvary. This next picture shows us a, a layout of Caiaphas's house, what Caiaphas's house would have looked like uh, in that day. And of course, this is a cutaway view right here. So this would have been a wall right here uh, coming up. Uh, and in here is the reception hall. This is most likely where they held the mock trial of Jesus. Here is the courtyard. Here in the courtyard, if you remember, is where they built a fire to stay warm. This is where Peter would have went. Remember Peter said to Jesus, I'll go with you unto death. I'll go with you into prison. I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm good all the way. Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crow, before morning, you're going to die me thrice. Peter said, ain't no way. It'll never, ever happen, Lord. I sometimes wonder if cutting the servant's ear off in the garden was not Peter trying to show Jesus that he was going to be, he, he was going to be good for his word. I told you I'd stick by you. you. You see, I got it. Jesus said, before morning, you'll deny me thrice. Here in this courtyard, as Jesus is in here, in here being tried and made fun of, Peter's sitting right here around a fire, and he's denying Christ. Look with me. Look with me in verse 55. Let me go back to Luke here. Luke 22. Look with me at verse number 55. 
Look at verse number 54. Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also one of them. Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. So very likely what would have been the case is here's the courtyard, and somewhere in here would have been like, a, like an arched opening looking into the reception hall. Peter's out here denying Christ. And after the third time, Jesus turns and looks at Peter. I know that Jesus doesn't physically turn and look at us in our day, but I definitely know there's been times he's turned and looked at me. And boy, I'm telling you what, you recognize I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. The Bible says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. Outside of Caiaphas' house is a statue, a monument of Peter, three individuals, and a rooster. You know what? Peter did a lot of wonderful things. Peter, Peter brought thousands of people to salvation. Peter took a stand for the gospel. Peter preached. Peter was zealous. Peter, Peter was an amazing guy. But you know what they made the statue out of? His mistake. People will remember your failures far more than your successes. And here we have outside of Caiaphas' house remembering Peter and the mistake that he made. Peter wept bitterly. Peter was repentant. Peter had wished that it had never, ever happened. And although the Lord forgave Peter and Peter went on to do mighty things for God, thousands of years later we have a monument that reminds us that Peter denied Christ. Be careful of the choices you make, the places you go, the things that you say, because they never go away in the minds of those who are watching you. So we see that. Then we see that again we return to the map and so we see the steps here that we took. We went from the upper room. We went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Arrested at the Garden of Gethsemane, brought back to Caiaphas' house. After Caiaphas' house, uh, he was taken to Pilate. After uh, or whichever one of these Pilate was at, after Pilate, he was brought to Herod. Back to Pilate. Then he was condemned and taken to Golgotha. Lord willing, next week we're going to step through some of those locations, let you take a look at those locations. Look at the Via Della Rosa. Look at the two locations that are probably Golgotha. And we're going to look at Christ and his journey to Calvary. 
If you want to go ahead and read ahead, you can start there in verse number 63 and read through chapter 23, verse number 25, and you'll get it all the way up into the place where Pilate sentenced him to die. And Lord willing, that is what we'll be looking at next week. Hopefully, uh, y'all enjoying this. Hopefully that helps uh, as you read the passage to be able to visualize uh, what took place, how it took place, the steps that he took. And whenever you read the Bible, now it begins to fall into place and make more sense. I know for myself, uh, just even looking at this map without having been there, it makes more sense how all the pieces fit together. And so I hopefully it's a blessing to you as well. Do appreciate